like the perception, with the way people talk about your culture to you when they hear you or, or find out where you're from. I think that's something like my dad has like openly struggled with his whole life. It's like people find out you're Jamaican and then it's like this, you're in the workplace and you're just, it, nothing about you is taken seriously. I already know, it's your girl Naira and this is Shit Talks. Yeah, well who the fuck are y'all? Sorry. <laughs> I'm Katrina Fid. I'm the communications director at Chicago Votes. And I'm Kia Sandler. I am the development manager at Chicago Votes. We all um, have an intersection in our identities, right? We're first gen or we come from households that speak multiple languages. Um, so I wanted to ask y'all, you know, what, what is y'all like relationship with language, any type of language, or what was your relationship to language growing up? I grew up in a household where English was just the the normal language for the most part. My mom speaks English. She also speaks German, tried to pass that down to me a little bit. I did not have any interest in that. The other side of my family is Jamaican, and my dad speaks Patois, but for the most part growing up, I remember him speaking um, standard English. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was also raised by his mother, so my paternal grandmother, and she is like, she was born and raised in Jamaica until she didn't leave the island ever until she was like in her 60s. Mm -hmm. um, so she has a thick, heavy accent and she really only speaks Patois. So I grew up hearing that and that was kind of my introduction. It's funny to think of it as a relationship because like for me, so I'm half Venezuelan and I'm half Trinidadian and so like my mother was born in Venezuela and speaks Spanish, but she grew up in Trinidad where they speak English, but it's like a lot of like slang words. Like I have two older brothers that were born in Trinidad. Like I'm the only one of my siblings that was born in the States. And so like to them, I'm the American, I'm the Yankee, right? Like, and then like the Venezuelan side of my family, like my mom didn't teach me Spanish. So I'm like an Afro-Latina American who doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> And I felt super, like, not, like, accepted by, like, the Latino cult, like, uh, community. We moved around a lot growing up, up and down the East Coast, but, like, it was hard for me to, like, find, like, my Latin community. And I'm very, like, black presenting, right? My family is black on both sides, no matter which, like, ethnicity we are. So it's, like, it's hard. My Venezuelan family looks like me, but there is, like, aspects of Venezuelan culture that doesn't even, like, accept like is anti-black and doesn't even accept like black Venezuelans. So it's like, and then I don't speak Spanish on top of that. So I felt like super like, uh, like separated from that part of my identity for a long time. And then I was like an adult and I'm like, I'm Hispanic as fuck. So I used to be real frustrated with my mom. I used to be mad at her. Cause I used to be like, what, like, what is your reason for not teaching me Spanish? Like, I want a good reason, you know? <laughs> Cause like I was frustrated. And like, ultimately, I mean, she didn't really give me the reason I want, right? Like the truth is just like, she didn't think that I would need it, right? She thought that I would be good in America without needing to speak Spanish, which is one, natural. We know that <laughs> it's definitely always gonna be a benefit to be a bilingual like adult in this world and just be able to like access and like communicate with more people, period. It's like, I still don't accept it as an answer, but you know, I came from this place of like assimilation of like, which I think is super strong in immigrant culture of just like thinking like everything that you need is here. Um, you'll never need to leave America again and you're good, you know, like you're good cause you're, you're the American, you know, and I don't agree with it. <laughs> yeah, I think with me it was interesting because I, 
have, I was like raised by two generations of Jamaicans who came to America. And my dad came, he first came to the U.S. when he was 18 and he joined the U.S. military and that's kind of how he gained his citizenship and came to the U.S. And he, growing up, he was put through and grew up in Kingston and he was put through kind of the best schools in Kingston mm -hmm. where you learn the Queen's English. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is the respectable language. That's the language amongst the upper class. Um, so that's, that's what he knew. I think when he came to the U.S., he was very aware he was a black man. So I think uh, not having language be something in addition. Now it's interesting. He's, he's much older now, and um, he's kind of, like, found his, like, return to Jamaica now. So now he's, he speaks Patois mm -hmm. and, like, He's a proud Patois speaker. But then my grandma, she was very poor growing up. And when she came to the U.S. very late in her life, uh, she was thrown into a very white, a white Minnesota, mm -hmm. um, the Twin Cities, a very white space. And But she didn't have the option of, of hiding the language. It's like, I love like the humble origins of Patois because it's like, like you said, like it's like something that you can like speak like kind of all over the island and it's more accessible like with different types of folks and it's like I wish like it like I do like you know like Trinidad and Jamaica have like a fake beef you know that's always kind of been there especially in America <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I've always admired I've always loved how I feel like and I love that for your dad it was like him reconnecting with his Jamaican identity was using Patois again and speaking mm -hmm. Patois again because it is like literally it's like the culture it's like, but it is crazy how like just having a connection to a language I think helps you hold on to that identity in a new way you know so why I don't know I guess like I'm just wondering what are the circumstances that even make folks decide that like all right, like I, maybe we should just speak English. And do we feel like it has something to do with like, I don't know, maybe the image that people have about languages outside of English? I mean, I think a lot of it just boils down to like assimilation and, and figuring out like, I mean, we, we have the added identity of being black. Mm -hmm. And I think coming here from a different country like that's overwhelming so it it makes sense that people assimilate or or seek assimilation um i think like it happens through like a period of experiences and like weird micro interaction mm -hmm. things and just like the perception with the way people talk about your culture to you mm -hmm. when they hear you or or find out where you're from I think that's something like my dad has like openly struggled with his whole life. It's like people find out you're Jamaican and then it's like this, you're in the workplace and you're just, it, nothing about you is taken seriously. It's like you're, yeah, you're boiled down to Yaman and like, Popcorn. And then, like, oh, I've been there once. Yeah, like to the culture day or whatever the fuck. I don't know. So, so I think at the, like, it's just tiring sometimes. It's sometimes easier. Um, to just like not deal with that part. I brought you Rasta poster. <laughs> Rasta oh. poster for lunch. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear that. It's like, it's, it's complicated. Like assimilation is complicated. And we have the perspective, I feel like as like first gen, as like the first like generation of our family to be American, to be able to kind of look 
at it in, in, with a different perspective. Because it's like, I understand that, like my mom, like you talk about reasons why, like one of the reasons that I'm, I don't want to accept is because like my dad doesn't speak Spanish and I know my mom didn't want like him to feel alienated in our house, even though they split up when I was very young and it's like you could have done after he left. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But I still would have gotten it. But like, you know what I'm saying? But now I'm learning as an adult on my own, you know what I mean? And it's like, I feel like, and we know that kids like intake that information better and it's like, I wish that like our schools supported that more. I wish that like we had like kindergarten teachers speaking to kids in different languages and like conversationally and just making it more like natural. But I do feel like it's complicated because I also recognize like with my family, I have one auntie, my grandmother was one of 12 and like six girls, six boys. And one of the girls, the first, my auntie Grace, Sita, who was the first one to come to the States and like get a job, get a house. And that is like a resource, you know what I mean? She was the one who allowed the door to open for other people to come in. If she hadn't done that, that's where my mother lived for her first year of college, you know what I mean? And my, my nana had to take a down payment out of their house in Trinidad for her first semester, you know what I mean? Like she literally would not have, I wouldn't be American otherwise if my auntie wasn't here. Mm -hmm. And like part of that culture is like, okay, I'm gonna be the one who's gonna get the jobs, I'm the one who's gonna connect all these other people when they get over here and get my family over here and set. Like that's immigrant culture and some of that is assimilation because it's mm -hmm. like, and when we get into this language and like how we get like competitive and put against each other and why like sometimes I'll hear, you know, you hear like issues with black Americans and Caribbeans and Africans like button heads and it's like we're fighting for jobs and it's like talking trash about each other. But, but it's like nobody, nobody, these white people are not distinguishing amongst our language and culture. You know what I mean? It's infighting for what reason? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it gets so complicated and so messy so fast, but it's also like, man, like I, I, I had a perm till I was 13 and I can't be mad at my family because I know where they were coming from yeah, with it. You know what I mean? Like exactly. it's the same impulse. Like, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so real. The point that you were making about, you know, folks like, like it's literally like white people are like, now argue amongst yourselves. Like they just like threw that little bit in and then they're like, you know, cause even when we think about language, right? Like the same way that people, like white folks don't respect languages outside of what they consider like romance languages or whatever the case, right? Um, it's the same way they don't respect African-American vernacular English. It's the same way they're like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that, that's wrong. Like there's not really any right except for white, <laughs> literally, like that's not, like that's, and so I feel like that kind of seeps into this um, othering. It's like everybody is like other, you know? Um, and then we begin to like other ourselves, you know? I guess I also just feel like America sometimes feels like an echo chamber. I think that sometimes it feels like the rest of the world is like constantly aware that there's like other things outside of where they live, except for America. It feels sometimes like, I feel very trapped in America, you know what I'm saying? Like very like, separate from everyone else because even though there's so many different types of people here it still feels like we don't feel connected to like other countries or even really connected to other cultures um in the same way that other people are um in their respective countries i feel like when we travel everybody knows like who's america you know what i'm saying like everyone and so and i wanted to go to you know i wanted to go to france for my birthday um last year first of all i heard the food sex in france you can, you can. Drama too soon. Yeah. Yeah. What? Tell me. It wasn't good. I mean, you have to rely a lot on like gyros, kebabs. Yeah. They really don't like to cook their meat. Like, like they like raw meat oh over my God. there. So we if asked you for want well done burgers, it was.
Oh my God. Every like, time. Oh my God. And I tried to power through because I was like, I don't want to be that American, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to be that American, but I had to be that American because I'm not eating that shit. But <laughs> I like the croissants, the coffee, the yeah, pastries. Shout out, shout out to the bread. But the they bread. really just be, I'm like, y'all just eat bread all day. Yeah. But they do. That's crazy. That's what I heard. I heard the, the pastries were like, Mwah. and it's like, otherwise you will starve and die. Like, you know. Yeah. 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 She's key to the first. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of like, but again, once again, immigrants saving the day because there's a lot of Turkish immigrants. Yeah. There's a lot of like Middle Eastern immigrants yeah. and Syrian food over there, and it's yeah. fucking fire, and you'll be fine. <laughs> I heard that too. Somebody told me just go wherever brown people are, go wherever people of color are, yeah. just anybody except yeah. for like, yeah. But I also was like, I should try to learn French, and it was also, not. Also, everybody there speaks English. Exactly. And they know you're American, and they, exactly. so and they're going to speak English to that's you. That's what I was about to say. Someone was like, if you try to speak, they're like, no. If you no, try to speak French, then they're going to be like, you can speak English. It's like, okay, gosh damn. But it is real that that anti-blackness is worldwide, mm-hmm. and like, no matter what, like, the three of us, like, nobody is going to outwardly look at us and assume that we're going to be bilingual. Like, yeah. people are going to immediately, like, assume that we're, we don't know what we're talking about. Like, I travel with my mom all the time. She speaks Spanish and French and mm-hmm. Portuguese. And the way that she blows people's minds by being bilingual, by just being, like, who they think is a black American, because at this point her accent comes when she is only there when she wants it, right? Mm-hmm. But like when she's just like speaking English and stuff, and then she switches real fast, the way that like foreigners or like other people, like their minds can't accept it. Mm-hmm. One time we were going around Argentina, we were in Buenos Aires, and my mom, again, she's a fluent Spanish. Okay, but your first mom's language. incredible. She speaks like five languages. <laughs> yeah, but right. nobody, people like, thought that we <laughs> were Dominican, they thought we were Brazilian. They could not accept or understand that we came from America yeah. because this lady is like so worldly you know what I mean (laughs) because people assume that we are ignorant and uninformed and it's like damn true Mm -hmm. but like also don't be mad at us because it's not my fault all the messaging that I've been exposed to and like the media we consume American media that's like a big difference like other countries are consuming media from around the world they're consuming news they're sharing news Mm -hmm. they're like sharing content they were way quicker to watch TV shows with subtitles, mm-hmm. like in a different language. Like Americans are like just now catching on to that and yeah. like not being like, that's too foreign for me. So. Yeah. I love the perspective of being first gen for that reason though, because you kind of start with like that identity of du- that duality of both. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I. You like whenever I came into my consciousness, I was already very aware that my family was foreign. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that's it was already yeah. <laughs> yeah. in existence because not only is that how you treat it, but you realize like we have traditions, we have things that are like exclusively us, and like nobody that I go to school with knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's like I, I it's an awesome perspective to be able to be like very reflective on like the American identity and mm-hmm. like what does it mean to me to be an American. But then as soon as I leave this country, I feel like I have to defend. America and I'm like yeah. I don't want to be in this position you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> like, and because a lot of it is not even like our faults like you said it's kind of just like the conditioning the this like like broader idea that like anything outside of like Americanness is like kind of like weird or strange or like abnormal right and it's like well one I implore people to like explore beyond that but also just like you know the thing you mentioned about the subtitles of was it the movie Parasite um, where yeah. he was giving his acceptance speech and he was like, if people could like, you know, just get past a one inch barrier of like a subtitle, right? But I also think that like, this is making me think, this might be off topic, but speaking of language, like 
even the ways like language differs across like America, right? Like how we feel connected to each other as Chicagoans because the way that we speak to each other versus the way that folks from New York might speak to each other versus the way that people down south like use language. It makes me wonder like what are ways that we feel connected by language? Um, I think that, so, uh, and <laughs> if uh, my student who said this ends up watching this, I just want you to know I'm calling you out because you know, you had me a little messed up. But um, I use the word, I use the word bussin. And um, they were like, bussin, that's so dated. And I was like, you gotta get outside and touch some grass, babe. D bussin is not dated. Bussin is like a perpetual piece of Chicago language that we've been using like probably before you were born. Um, I was like, first of all, sit down. <laughs> first of all, leave. Put your desk outside. I love being black. I love that there are times where I'm just in spaces that are like, quote unquote, mixed company. And mm. I'm just like, I love that nobody around me probably understands the conversation I'm having with my friends right exactly. now. You know, that can definitely feel like community and mm -hmm. empowering. And I do think like there's a power in keeping to a language that is connected to your culture. Mm. But at the same time, like you talked about respectability, like, or African-American, you know, like vernacular or Ebonics, like people, like the world loves Ebonics. Like mm -hmm. everybody uses Ebonics, like like white people, like everybody makes R&B music, everybody makes rap music now, like we have K-pop now, you know what I mean? Like everybody leans into that part of like the language and the culture of like slang and things that like black Americans say, you know what I mean? And it's wild to see like that part of the culture be like commercialized and like people loving that. Like everybody loves cornrows, you know what I mean? Like, boxer you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, <laughs> we still haven't gotten to that place where like black people are receiving that love, you know, and veneration. Yeah. And it's just like, how I don't do we know make if it's that so much connect? love? Like, I don't think it's love. It's an infatuation. Because I don't think it's appreciation or, like, understanding. I think it's, like, yeah, infatuation or, like, I don't know, like, some superficial, like, exchange. I don't know. Because while it's not given respect or understanding, it's, like, cool. Yeah. It's, like, not enough to protect, you know? Yeah, like, it's, like... It's like, We're just waiting it. for them to be like, this is a valid language. Yeah. But like, no one's gonna say that. You can't just like keep asking your oppressor to like validate you. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's so real. Yeah, I feel like people, it's, you know, it also makes me think about like people calling um, like clearly Ivonics, like, Twitter speak or internet slang. It's like child slang. And like, that's not, I'm like, these are, this is not Twitter's. I heard somebody literally say, someone was like, um, child, it's the blah, blah for me. And someone was like, not the black scent. And they're like, this is not a black scent. This is like Twitter speak. And I was like, what the f what is Twitter speak, bro? What does that mean? Like if people are pulling stuff from the culture and not even realizing like, where it comes from, which is this, like, exactly. Yeah, that's just like that's just the, the <laughs> pattern. People just like take from black people without mm -hmm. giving them any anything in return. Yeah, and there's so much power over like shaping like the language that's like popular, like you know yeah. what people decide to say, how they like decide to express themselves and everybody can acknowledge that like black people are like very expressive and we're very good at like coming up with shit to say you know what i'm saying and everybody wants to hell yeah i want
want to say that, you know what I'm saying? But nobody wants to acknowledge that it's black people that are saying it, you know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to be like, y'all are actually like wordsmiths, like masters of language, and we like that. Like, we, we, we want some... The other thing that someone brought up is the habitual, like, be. Like, the difference between saying that, like, I am at school or I be at school. You get what I'm saying? Like that, like when you use the word be that way, it like refers to like a habit, mm -hmm. right? And white folks do not understand that. Like, it's like, they're, they're like, I don't understand how to, you know what I'm saying? That's a, it's literally a whole nother facet. Got, there is actually like a stand-up comedian. Her name is Shalewa Sharp. She is so fucking hilarious to me. And she has like a whole bit about this. Mm -hmm. Like, and she just talks about how like, like be is like, Black people, like, is a recognition of your soul. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like if I be doing this, you know that's just who I am. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's a whole, it's like, this two letters, like, literally means so much. Like, I'm telling you about who I am as a person, not what I'm currently doing. Yeah. That's really interesting. Facts. Man, and it's like that is a different saying. Like that's not a translation issue. Like I'm using a different term. <laughs> you know? It means something else. I'm not speaking the Queen's English. Um, that's valid. Um, I also I'm wondering like what are some situations where y'all like witnessed maybe like what what was the point in time where you like became um sentient about the fact that there was maybe something different about your understanding of language and what you saw. I think for me, it was like going places with my dad and I, I understand exactly what my parents are saying. I don't really think, I mean, he has an accent, but I don't think that like, you can't understand what he's saying and having people be like, do you want a receipt? Receipt, do you want a receipt? Do you need, and my dad's like, yes, yes. Yes, they're like, receipts, do you? I'm like, bro, he's literally saying yes. Or people look at me and be like, can you translate? I'm like, he speaks better English than me, he got a college degree. What are you talking about? Is there any like, and what's your, I think that like, maybe some people that's the way that they react because they just don't know any better. Like, you know, I mean, we grew up rush hour, you know, made it, you know, rush hour is a very, you know, you know, it's a less little problematic, but I think that people's ideas of the way that you communicate with people who don't speak the same language as you is largely informed by maybe like the way that we view language, right? And so for people who don't like really know how to like maybe connect with like their neighbors or whatever the case is, like what's, I feel like I'm all over the place with this question. <laughs> the first question and then I started asking the second question like, I was like, <laughs> you're, you're like <laughs> question four <laughs> section a um <laughs> my first question was what was a, a moment where you kind of became sentient and understood like this difference right and maybe what's your advice for folks who are trying to like just connect with the people around them regardless of the fact that there might be the barrier of language does that make more sense? Uh, so, okay, first moments that I can remember. I do remember, like, we had Christmas. You know, everybody goes off for Christmas break. Mm -hmm. And then we come back, and they were like, tell us about your Christmas, you know? And, mm -hmm. like, what'd you do? And, like, I remember, like, I talked about the foods that my family eats at Christmas. And I remember, like, 
uh, I don't, did I sing a song? Oh my God. I think I might have. I was like, I was a lot as a child, but like, I think I sang a song. I think I sang a song in Spanish. Like, I think I did a whole thing. You know what I mean? Cause it was like a report. It was supposed to be like a report, like a, you know, <laughs> like a project. You know? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the only child and the Virgo in me showing her as. But like, I used to take that shit serious. And like, I just remember like the blank stares. And just, like, people not having any fucking idea what I was talking about, right? Like, my family, we eat uh, pelau and south and, like, kalalu at Christmas time. You know what I mean? And, like, nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I fucking, I think I fucking sang Felice Navidad. I think that's what I did. <laughs> just, just a second grade of being a head ass. But, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like nobody joined in. <laughs> they taught us Felice like that. <laughs> I'm like, I know y'all know the word. At least know that one. But I do feel like it was just like I just remember like the total like oh okay like this is like this is a, this is different. like this is different. This is just my fucking family. You know what I mean? And just I had never I had never realized that before. I had never made that connection that like other people's families and histories and like holiday traditions are like have nothing to do with my own you know what I mean yeah <laughs> I had the experience of like I'm biracial so I am white like on my mom's side and my mom's family is white mm. they're white like Minnesotan white <laughs> mm, um Minnesota. and yeah so <laughs> so I had that but at the same time in Minnesota was my dad and my very very Jamaican grandma mm. but my parents are divorced, so like I would have, I would go to my grandma's house and like I would have like curry, aki, kalaloo, like, like, you know, the food. And then I would go to my mom's family's house and we're eating very much just like, you know, the typical holiday, you know, food. Casserole Yeah, you know. And I was like, and the way my white family kind of talked about my grandma very much informed me mm. how they saw overall that like that culture mm. um it's like a lot of like like patronizing um and it was always just like this is my Jamaican culture like mm. and I keep that that's with my grandma and my dad mm. and then this is my white American culture and that's over here um and then also like with my grandma uh she would, she had me on the weekends, and when we would go to, like, JCPenney or anything, like, my grandma had, had me and my sister communicate. Mm -hmm. And from a very young age, like, we were the ones always communicating because she just didn't want to, she, like, she didn't want to deal with it, and people, people could never understand her. And, like, they're just like, huh, huh, like, yeah. and they don't, and it's just, like, offensive. Mm -hmm. um, so from a very young age, like, my sister and I, like, took on that role, and I don't think I really, like, one, like, sat with that, analyzed that, like, thought about, like, how that has informed any part of my identity until I, I started going to Jamaica regularly and, like, and being around black people, like, solely, um, hearing Patois, being able to understand. And, like, a lot of Jamaican-American kids who came later, like, some of them didn't know Patois. And I felt very fortunate that, like, my sister and I could come and we could go hang out and make friends with everybody because we knew what they were saying. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And even to this day, like, I feel comfortable traveling and going there because I know, 
like I speak the language, I can get around. Um, and that, that also like gets you a level of respect um, and like, like opening their arms a little bit more to you as, cause at the end of the day you are an American. Cause it's another thing to like observe, to like go back to your country and observe the way people who work in the tourist industry act around like Americans versus Jamaicans. Um, because it's like, whoa, like you have to completely change, change and like become this like idea of a Jamaican when you're interacting with a tourist. Yeah, that's so real. I asked that question because I think that like maybe um, something that's also like not necessarily our responsibility, but just as like the generation that like we stand at like an intersection where we understand what our parents or our grandparents went through and like the decisions they had to make. And we also understand the importance of feeling connected to our like respective cultures, like seeking the like preservation of like those cultures, right? So I don't speak um, uh, Igbo like fluently, but I understand it very well and I speak it well enough, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so I'll have friends that are Igbo be like, well, can you teach me Igbo? I'm like, I can teach you enough to, you know what I'm saying, sound like, you know, you can yeah. speak a little Evo, but like, cool, we're in this together. Like, now I'm like, okay, well, you know, who's gonna teach it? How are we going to like share it with each other if not like through the commitment to be like, okay, well now we understand, you know, we maybe have like an understanding of all of this retrospectively. What do we do with that information, you know? I feel like that's exactly, like you said, like um, what advice, like what do you give to others like who are looking to kind of like understand their identity. I feel like it's that, like it's like find the community wherever it is, you know what I mean? And just like give it a little bit of value in your life. I feel like like if there is like another journey around, I'm gonna make sure that we talk, you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna make sure that we know each other, I'm gonna make sure that we have each other's contact information. Maybe we'll get a drink, you know what I mean? Like it's like, it's like every party she's like, I found a journey over there, a journey over there. I'm like, so you just got here. Like truly. You'll find the parts of the culture that like you'll connect to and you're drawn to. And like, if you can, Travel, go to go go home. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like going to Trinidad. I'm fortunate because I still have a lot of family there, mm -hmm. and I can just like stay with them when I'm there. Like my brothers and my dad are still there, but like, you know, like if you can, like get out there because I just feel so much like recognition and like my spirit feels better when I go there. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, and like listen to the music, like you said, like I've been reading more like uh, poetry by like Trinidadian poets, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I love this. Like mm -hmm. this is the content that I need to keep in my life. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I'll just buy like I, I like art, and like I'll get I'll follow like uh, artists coming out of the islands, and I'm just like, this is the shit that makes me feel connected to this part of my culture still. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. and it makes you feel more connected to yourself when you also like look at the world and like try to find beauty and like. Every like other people's cultures and other people's languages or other what other people have going on. Like it makes you feel more connected to yourself, and also like when you feel connected to yourself, you find this newfound beauty and what makes other people different. If that makes sense. And I think like, you know, I'ma end this with some advice that my neighbor gave me um, because uh, he doesn't speak a lot of English and my Spanish sucks ass, bro. My Spanish is trash, bro. Um, but one day he was like. He was like, you speak Spanish to me. And I was like, 
I'm sorry. Like he's like, I'm like, I'm very sorry. He's like, no, like it's not good at all. It's very bad. You should continue to speak it though, because it's good that you're trying. And there's a lot of people who don't try, and so keep trying. Really hard because you suck. No, I'm joking. But he was like, but he was like, but keep trying. And I think that was like a very simple thing that he said, but it made me be like about everything, about like the dedication that I have to connecting with other people, about the dedication I have with connecting to my own language. It's just like, why don't I just fucking try? Like my mom is gonna giggle at me every time I speak Igbo and I'm just gonna keep trying to speak it. Like I made your love rice one time that was so spicy, I almost had to go to the emergency room. We're gonna try, try again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you just can't have an ego about it. Yeah, just exactly. like, like own your identity as is mm -hmm. and be committed to like, it's gonna take a minute, but like, it'll all pan out. You just have to like really immerse yourself. And luckily like we have like TikTok and things like follow like content creators from the countries you're from who are speaking like the actual language of the people, like the everyday young people, like watch TV shows from like the countries you're from. Like there's little things we can do even if we don't have like, like an elder to pass it down to us. Yeah, yeah, period. That was beautiful. Oh my gosh. Um, thanks so much, y'all. That was a beautiful conversation. Um, very happy to be in the room with these beautiful people. Um, this has been another episode of Shit Talks. Once again, I'm your host, Naira. Peace.